Now, before I jump into this, I got to say how blessed we are to have in our worship ministry here at People's Church some just the most anointed, gifted, come on, who sing, musicians. Let's put our hands together at all of our campuses. Don't you appreciate our worship teams? They just get up here and make it look easy. Like you don't even think about all of the prayer that goes into it and all of the, the preparation and, and all the rehearsals, all of the, uh, the uh, sound checks and all that. Like we, just, we don't even think about all that because they make it look so easy. But maybe you've been in the service before to where the worship leader was up there and they made it look anything but easy. Have you ever been in a setting like that before? You were just worshiping and hoping that Jesus would come back before they had to do another song. You know, it's just like, man, they're trying. They mean well. Uh, maybe they're called worship fails. You ever heard of this before? Worship fails. If you've never Googled that before, you're missing out. You just need to Google worship fails, all right? Be prepared to laugh for a little bit, but maybe you've been in a service before and they had a worship fail. The worship leader's trying, man. The worship team, they're giving it all they got, just trying to lead you, just trying to lead you into the presence of the Lord. That's all they're doing. And then something, they forget the lyrics, you know, or you know how the worship leader forgets. They're like, and then, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. They're trying to turn and make it a little spiritual. Like, no, nah, bro, you forgot the words. Call it what it is. Call it what it is. But you've, you've seen something like that before, right? When I was a youth youth pastor just starting off in ministry I was not only the worship uh, the the youth pastor trying to figure out how to be a a youth pastor I was also the worship leader because we didn't have anybody to do it so it was bad enough that I was the youth pastor but it was worse yet that I was the worship leader and in my very first time, I got up there and I thought, we're supposed to have worship because that's what you do at, at church, youth group. You're supposed to have worship. And so we had about 10 students in the group. So just a little front row right there, you know, in the little classroom. And so I said, hey, everybody, go ahead and just stand up to your feet. We're going to have a little bit of worship right now. Just go ahead and stand up right there. And, and I thought, man, I don't have a band. I don't have backup singing. I don't have vocals. I don't have lights. I don't have smoke to hide behind nothing. I mean, it's just me and these 10 students. So I'm like... Man, you just got to go for it. You just got to go. So I just started clapping my hands. Like, come on, put your hands together. This is the day. Hey, this is the day that the Lord has made. I think God would be honored if we just stop and sit down. Everybody just sit down. It was so bad, y'all. Like, for real, I think heaven was happy. God was like, I'm well pleased. Stop, stop. I'm pleased. Stop. I'm convinced of it. And then, then we went on a canoe trip. And so now you're, you're out the camp setting, got the small youth group around the campfire. I'm still youth pastor and worship leader. And, but, but you just feel like this is a holy moment. This is spiritual. Like this is, you know, if young people can't get saved out in the middle of the woods, you know, you need to quit youth pastoring. Like this is the moment. I need to create a moment right here. And so I said, we're just sitting around. Everything's quiet. You know, you hear every little twig break and everything. I'm like, hey, we're going to worship. It's going to take a minute and worship right now. We're just going to. A little worship, so I'm going to lead us out. And uh, it's one of those scenes to where when you start off, the, the key is like great for the verse, but you hadn't thought about it for the chorus. Some of y'all know it with the Star Spangled Banner. You know what I'm talking about. It's like, here it comes, here it comes. And that was me. I'm like, for thou, O Lord, our high above all the earth. Thou art exalted. I felt like God was moving. I was like, man, I think we're all right. I think this is going to be good. And then it came time for the chorus. I exalt thee. Like, oh, dear Jesus, what I do? But I was in too deep, y'all. I was committed. I couldn't stop. I just kept, come on, y'all people, let's just worship. It was so bad. It was the classic 
Worship failed. It was just bad. And so maybe you've seen that before, and you're just hurting for them. You're just sitting there going, help them. Bless them, Lord. Lord, do something. Come back, Jesus. Come back fast right now. Worship fails. You know, I, I'm convinced that there are worship fails, unfortunately, that happen every single Sunday. And I'm not talking about a worship leader who forgets the words or wrong key. I'm talking about when we fail to actually, truly worship. Like, we're singing, and we're even singing some words that are pretty powerful words, but we're failing to actually worship God. You know what I'm talking about is, is, is this thought of going through the motions or a religious routine or, or saying the right thing, but it's not being received. And, and, and so when you stop and think about this, I just want to ask the question, like, is it possible to praise God in a wrong way? Like, is that possible? Is it possible that you or I have even had times to where we would call it worship? But God wasn't even receiving it. Is that possible? Is it possible that you could go to church for years and Sunday after Sunday after Sunday come into a corporate worship setting just like this one and you're going through the time of worship and it is not something that God is receiving but instead he's rejecting simply because of how you're worshiping? Like, is that possible? And when you read your Bible, the scary answer is, yes, it is possible. And it does happen. Let me show you quickly a couple of scriptures. And the reason I want to show you certain ones of these, over the last few weeks, we've had great teaching on worship. And some of the stuff that I'm even referencing today, some of the stories have been referenced. Today, I want to give you some of the scriptures behind it. And we'll move on and progress in our talk today on ways to praise. But let me first give you Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4, verse 1. If you're ready for this, say, uh-huh. Come on, if you mean it, say, oh, yeah. Genesis chapter 4. Now, Adam had sexual relations with his wife, Eve. And she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, with the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. This was worship. This was an offering that they were bringing to the Lord. And Cain brought his offering, his worship. Abel brought his worship to the Lord. And it says at the end of verse 4, the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. Both brought worship. One was accepted, the other one rejected. As you look at the story, you can learn more about all that was going on in Cain's heart, or at least some of what was going on in his heart. But I want to move to a different passage of Scripture for the sake of time and show you Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. This is where Jesus himself explains that it is possible to worship and it not be accepted. It says, these people, Jesus talking, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Look at this next part. They worship me in vain. 
He's saying they're singing, they're saying, they're talking about it, they're saying the right stuff, they're saying the right things, but it's in vain, it's a waste. I reject it, not even accepting it. It is possible to worship God and yet God not receive it. Now, in these passages, it has to do with their hearts, the heart behind the worship. And so sometimes the worship is not received because of the motive behind it or because the, 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 the lips were unclean lips or insincere motive or whatever it would be, but it's an attitude or a heart issue. But I want to show you something here in 1 Corinthians 14. And, and actually what we'll see is Paul writing this letter to the church in Corinth, and he's addressing something. Specifically, he's not simply talking to them about the why behind the worship. He's actually talking to them about the how. Because the how matters. He's speaking to them and he's saying, there's the way you're going about worship that is not good. He's, he's addressing the way they were praising God in corporate worship. Now, personal worship, you're worshiping in your car, you're worshiping at home, and, and there are all kinds of ways that you can praise God in those settings. But when you come together in corporate worship, it's a different setting. Paul is speaking very, very practically to that. So he gives them some guidance, and he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26. He says, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything, though, he says. Somebody say everything. Come on, shout everything. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. He says in verse 33, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. What is he saying? He's saying, when we're coming together to worship there in the church in Corinth, he's like, everybody's coming with their own agenda. Everybody's like, this is the hymn I want us to sing. Somebody's saying, this is the word that I want to share. Somebody's saying, this is the instrument I want to play. Somebody's saying, this is the way I think it ought to flow. He's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. It's like, when we come together, it needs to be done fittingly and in order. Because God does not like it when it's self-centered, self-driven, or all uh, preferenced by the individuals, and it's conflicting, and it's competing. God loves it when the choir is singing with one voice, if you will. He loves it when the church is built up. Is that resonating today, family? Come on, are you receiving that? But have you ever heard somebody talk, and, and, and they're thinking like, man, I, I worship however I want to. I'll praise God however I want, but nobody's going to tell me how to praise God. Well, Paul was saying to the church in Corinth, when it comes time for corporate, corporate worship, this is not a free-for-all. This is not a anything goes. I'll worship God any way that I choose to. He's saying, actually, it's possible that when you come with that kind of a mindset, that your worship is actually not even received. It is rejected. To truly worship God is to not only worship Him for who He is as the one true God, but it's to worship Him in the way that He desires as our God. It's not honoring to worship God in a way that draws attention to us instead of Him. Can you say amen? 
It's not honoring to God when our worship distracts others from worshiping God as they should be. It's not honoring to God when our worship is more focused on personal preference rather than honoring Him and building up the body. Listen, worship at the very just foundation of the understanding of worship. Worship is not about me. It's not about you. Come on, tell your neighbor that right now and just say, worship is not about you. Go ahead, just tell them, worship is not about you. Worship is not about me. It's, it's about God. I don't know about you, but I've had times I've walked away from a worship time together and I've been refreshed. Anybody ever been refreshed in the presence of the Lord? Come on, wave at me. You ever been refreshed in the presence of the Lord? I've walked away from worship times before and I felt like a burden has been lifted. You ever had that happen before? I've walked out of a worship setting before and my mindset was shifted. It was different from when I came in. I walked out just walking a little light. I have benefited all kinds of ways from worship, but I can't get that confused. Worship is never about my benefit. Are you hearing me today? Worship about is all about who he is and all that he's done. So it's not about me. Some of us get hung up on our personalities when it comes to I'm just a little more of an introvert. I'm just a little more of a silent type. I'm just a little more, I'm a little more reserved. I'm a little more. That's good, but why, why, why are we talking about you right now? Because we're talking about worship. Right. Why, so why are we talking about you right now? Well, at my church, the way we've always done it, and they have certain traditions, certain ways they've always done it. What if we're worshiping God today? He's like, that's not how I want you to do it. You're like, well, man, you got me all scared and second guessing. Maybe I've been doing it wrong all these years. Don't listen. Don't you worry. We're going to go to the Word of God right now. You ready for this? I'm going to give you from Scripture because some of y'all like, I've been doing it wrong. I didn't know. We're going to clear it up for you right now. Eight ways to praise according to God's Word. Eight ways to praise. Are you ready for this? Come on, church. Are you ready for it? Eight ways to praise. Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write it down or you can follow along on the Bible app. You can open that up and our notes will be there under People's Church, under events. So eight ways to praise. Number one, we praise God with singing. When it comes to corporate worship, one of the most common ways that we praise God is through song, through singing. We did that earlier in the service. And I want you to know this is not something that people's church made up or something that just the modern contemporary church started. This is something that comes straight out of Scripture. Psalm 47 verse 6 says, Sing praises to God. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises praises it pleases God when we sing praises to his holy name it honors him how many of you know that we are just pre-wired wired by God with song did you know that you go through your day you just start singing a lot of us we sing what we hear on the radio or we sing some song that comes to our mind you know what we are pre-wired by God because he loves it when his people put their affection for him to melody and harmony he loves it when we begin to declare his goodness with rhythm and rhyme. That's from God. It pleases him. So one of the ways that we praise is through singing. Here's a second way. It's, it's this. Number two, we praise God by lifting our hands. 
We lift up our hands. Maybe you're newer to church. Maybe you just came today for the first time. And, and you notice when we started singing that somebody kind of near you, up front of you, like they, they had a question. They threw a hand up for a question. And you're like, man, whoa, everybody got questions all at once. You're looking around going, why, why do they have questions? And then you're thinking, how rude. The guy out there singing won't stop. He's not acknowledging anybody. He's not calling on anybody for questions. He's just acting, look at him, acting like he doesn't even see it. He's just, all these people got questions. <laughs> Maybe like, what's with the lifting of the hands. What's that all about? It's in Scripture. It's one of the ways that we praise. Psalm, uh, Psalm 63, verse 4. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Each of these have all kinds of Scriptures that go under them. For the sake of time, I'm only pulling one out for each. But we lift our hands as one of the ways that we praise. But... Have you ever thought about, like, what's that all about? Like, why would God be honored by us lifting up our hands to praise? And, and there are a lot of people who have given a lot of explanations for why, symbolically, what this represents or what it would be like, why we would lift our hands. I heard one guy say one time, we're putting it up because these, these are our spiritual antennas. Our spiritual antennas is what he said. I couldn't find that anywhere in the Bible, but I did think it was funny. Spiritual antennas. I'm like, go ahead. Tune in. <laughs> yes, Lord. Oh, there it is right there. I, I don't know, but he called them spiritual antennas. Some say that it's a sign of surrender. It's a posture toward you saying, God, you have all of me. And so in battle or war, wars, I give up, hands up, like I surrender. And so I get that. That makes sense to me that, that it is one of the ways that we can just express to God, God, I give up all of me for all of you. Lord, I surrender to you. Some say the purpose of lifting hands is a, a picture, kind of like a small child reaching up. For his father, if you have children, you know that, that before they could even talk, they could come walking towards you and they would lift their arms. And, and whenever they did, you weren't looking at them going, what is it? I don't know. He's, he's pointing at something. No, no. He's, he's waving his arms. No, you knew exactly what that meant. I want you. I need you. Would you hold me? Can you pick me up? So I love that picture because sometimes in worship, you have your hands lifted up, and that's exactly what you're saying. That's exactly what you're meaning. For others, they say, no, when you, you lift your hands, you're making a V. You ever thought about that? Some of y'all like a little more of the, 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 the you. Some people call it the V. They put it up. It's the victory sign. <laughs> they say it's victory formation. You know when your team scores a touchdown, you throw your hands. Victory! Oh, yes! And it's a celebration. And they're saying that's what we're doing. We're lifting our hands. It's just a sign of victory or celebration. I get that. It makes sense to me. I would say in all of these, I get it, except for the spiritual antennas. I'm still working through that one. But on these others, like I get these different ways. Why we would lift our hands and praise the Lord. If you're struggling and you need your Heavenly Father, throw your hands up and reach out for Him. If you're wanting to express surrender to Him and you wanted to communicate an emptying of your heart, lift your hands and say, Lord, you have all of me. If you're in a season of victory and you're just blown away by the goodness of God and the joy of breakthrough or God's goodness, His greatness or His provision, you throw your hands up in celebration and you bless the name of the Lord. One of the ways that we praise is by lifted hands. Then there's a third one, number three. Come on, say number three. Number three, we praise God by clapping 
our hands. Psalm 47 verse 1 says, clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. This is another one that you frequently see in corporate worship. And I'm not going to take a lot of time on clapping of the hands because I think it's a bit self-explanatory, right? Something good happens in a performance. You applaud to honor those who perform. Great song. Great speech. You put your hands together to graduation, honoring the graduates or the bride and the groom. They come into the reception. Oh, they've entered the room. Oh, we're showing honor. We're clapping our hands. And so it is that when we come into the presence of the Lord, we're not just sitting there just mindlessly clapping our hands. It's no big deal. We are in the presence of God. We're celebrating His goodness. We're singing to the Lord. We're lifting our voices and we are clapping our hands. It's one of the ways that we praise Him. Here's a fourth one. Number four, we praise God with instruments. We praise God with instruments. You see that modeled here at People's Church every week. People who are playing the drums or the, the, the keys or, or they're on a guitar and they're using instruments to praise the Lord. There are some churches that don't believe in having instruments as a part of corporate worship. And they would consider that to be irreverent. They consider that to be unholy to do that. And yet when you study scripture, I want you to know this isn't unique to our church or our style of church. This is something that comes straight from God's word. Psalm chapter 150, verses 2, 3, 4, and 5 says, Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. That's a why. Praise Him for His acts of power. Praise Him for His surpassing grace. That's a why. But look at the how. It switches, verse 3. Praise Him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise Him with the harp and lyre. Praise Him with timbrel and dancing. Praise Him with strings and pipe. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with resounding cymbals. We praise the Lord through instruments. Now, I got to pause here for a second. I got to go back to what Paul said to the church in Corinth. Because some of this, some, some, you, this might bless you. This might help you. One of our campuses, this, this is important. Because you just read in there and you're like praising. You're like, man, next week I'm bringing my tuba. Hold up, hold up. Before you come marching in here next week with a tuba. <laughs> you're like, well, man, it says right there, praise the Lord with a clash of cymbals. Before you bring your personal set next week, and every time Pastor Herbert says something, go, that's good, I like that right there. Before you bring your clashing cymbals in next week, let me remind you what we learned from Paul. Everything should be done fittingly and in order to build up the church, to bring glory to God, focus to Him, not doing anything that would distract or take away. I was in a church, I spoke in a church once to where a brother brought in to the service with him a shofar. Anybody ever heard of a shofar before? You know what a shofar is? It's a ram's horn, right? And, and you're like, well, why would he do that? Well, because it's in the Bible. As a matter of fact, what I just read right here in the New Living Translation in verse 3, well, it says in the NIV that I just read, it says, the sounding of the trumpet but in the New Living Translation, it reads like this. Praise Him with the blast of the ram's horn. So scripturally speaking, this brother was like, hey, it says it. I'm going to go get me one of those. 
And so he brought it. So we were sitting there having church. And I'm just minding my own business, right? I'm just worshiping God, just about to, just about to get up and preach. And man, I was like, I was like, what? I thought it was the rapture. I thought, here we go. I just heard the horn. Here it comes, trumpet that sounded. I looked over, he's just going for it. And he put it down, then he get fired up. And I was like, man, what in the world? And I'm not even saying that that's like bad or wrong, but I'm saying like, like for people's church, if you're looking for instruments, you're going to find them right up here, okay, right up on the stage. So before you bring your drum set and just set up over here in aisle eight and be like, no, I think I got this space right here. I'm like, no, don't do that. It should be done fittingly and in order and in a way that does not distract but it's in harmony. But God is pleased when we praise him with instruments. Some of you are gifted musicians, and you should be a part of the worship team. You should do it. Use that talent for the Lord. Here's the fifth thing. Number five is that we praise God with shouting. Can somebody shout amen? amen. We praise God with shouting. Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2 says, Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. It says that we're supposed to shout with joy to the Lord. Again, it's not about, well, my personality is this. My preference is this. My comfort level is this. Some people, like some people, are, some people are just shouters anyway. Like they shout at the ball game. They'll shout at their wife, their husband. They'll shout at their kids. So when they come in, it's like, shout for joy. They're like, I'm already shouting. Well, we're not even talking like that, right? We're talking about a shout that has some substance to it, right? We're talking about a shout that is honoring to God. So again, this is another one to where it's really important in terms of the appropriateness of it and the, the, the timing. Can we just agree that timing is everything? Can we acknowledge that right now? Because I was preaching last weekend at a church, and, and, and right at the part to where I said, I'm not going to go much longer, the guy on the front row said, Amen. So I, I had to stop it. I really did. I said, hey, man, was that on purpose? Like, I had to know. I was insecure. I thought he was trying to send me a signal, so I just had to ask him. So was that on purpose? Did you do that? You need me to wrap up? What's this all about? <laughs> I like a good amen, but that one didn't bless me. I mean, just timing is important, right? I mean, I've been preaching before where I said, people are dying and going to hell. Somebody said, praise the Lord. I'm like, hold up. No. Timing is important. So when it comes to shouting, we should lift up shouts of praise to the Lord. But if my shout is distracting, if my shout is ill-timed, if my shout is detracting from the moment, that's not a, a good shout. But there are times in the moment, like I just did a minute ago, and I said, somebody praise the Lord, or somebody say amen, to where we lift up a shout of praise to the Lord. Sometimes when, when the worship leader, whichever campus is up leading and, and praising, say, let's lift our voices to God. And there are some of us that have never moved beyond the mumble in our praise that's where we still are oh thank you and they're like let's lift our voice and you think that just means to look up and pray silently yes lord i lift this up to you and that's mumbling you say it's just my personality it's not about us i'm not saying you gotta be weird i'm not saying it's gotta be ill-timed i'm just saying what if we all continue to grow in our worship 
Just the way we worship, the how we worship. If God says, Scotty, one of the ways I love it is when you lift your voice to praise me. You lift your voice. What I recognize is the best that I could ever give him falls miserably short of what he deserves. Anybody admit that your praise to God is not nearly as good as your God is to you? You just acknowledge that today? Nothing I can do to say, all right, that's all you deserve. All right, I just gave you more than you deserve. Like, I could never get there. So the least that I can do is the best that I can do. At the very least, let's give him our all. So whatever it is, if it's lifting your hands, if it's, if it's lifting your voice, let's progress in our praise to lift up a shout to God. Because in that moment, it fits the moment and it's appropriate to the Lord when surrounded by God's people, one voice being lifted up, we praise the Lord with a shout. Let me give you a sixth thing. We're going to go quickly here. Number six is this. We praise God with dancing. That's a way that we praise the Lord. We praise God with dancing. Now, this one might be confusing to some people because you're thinking the way you're used to dancing, you're going, man, I'm not so sure, bro. You want me to bring that up in here? I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to do, but you telling me it's in the Bible? Well, this is in the Bible. Let me read this to you. It states in Psalm 149, verse 3, let them praise his name with dancing. You're like, okay, well, there it is. But listen, before you get too excited, we're not advocating for you coming up in here on a Sunday doing the cha-cha, all right, or the the Texas two-step, or the electric slide, and say, man, I'm just trying to be biblical. Okay, listen, this is what we're talking about. Maybe you've been in a service before to where the worship leaders, maybe that song, uh, God, turn it around. Come on, you know that one? God, turn it around. And the worship leaders, come on, let's turn it around. And you look around and everybody in the, in the room's turning it around. If you're not used to that or you're not comfortable, you're like, man, are these people weird? No, it's biblical. Like, you don't have to worship the Lord with your hands folded and stiff. Like, some people think you start moving your lead. It's like, man, hey, you trying to compromise? You trying to backslide? You trying to get carnal? You trying to get worldly? What you doing? And oh, don't you dare. Oh, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. What is up right now? Like, I want you to know it is biblical and God honoring to dance. Like, I know that we don't see a whole lot of that, but you come to Epic on a Wednesday night and check out our students. Man, they're jumping in the presence of the Lord. They're worshiping God. How many of you are thankful that our young people aren't out at some party? They're in the house of the Lord, dancing before the Lord, worshiping God with enthusiasm. It's appropriate. We worship the Lord with dance. Number seven is this. We praise God by bowing down before him. It's one of the ways we praise. We praise God by bowing down before him. Psalm chapter 95 verse 6 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. It's a posture of praise. It's a picture of humility. It's a way that I come before him and I say to him, you're God and I'm not. I mean, sometimes I'll just beside my bed at night, I'll turn and I'll get on my my knees, not because I get better reception with my spiritual antenna or whatever in heaven. It's just my posture of, God, I just acknowledge how big you are and how small I am right here in this moment. It's reverence. I mean, I love it that we can shout. I love it that we can dance in His presence. I love that we can clap our hands. I love it that He said, you can praise me anytime, anywhere. I love all of the freedom, but may I never lose my awe 
of who he is. He's a holy God. He's a mighty God. He's a majestic God. He's the king above all of the kings. He rules over all the nations. He's to be feared. He's to be revered. He's an all-powerful God. He's pure, clean, holy, righteous. He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. Never forget it. And never go too long without getting on your face before God. Just with your face planted in the carpet or on the floor and just say, oh, God, I love you. Oh, God, I can't believe that despite all that I've done, you've made me clean, righteous, and holy. You call me yours. Oh, God, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, God, I'm blown away. Oh, God, I am in awe of you. Take time to bow. Some of the ways that we've been talking about praising the Lord, some of them are more familiar to you than others. We probably wouldn't see all of these on every given Sunday. But I want to encourage you to grow and take steps in your praise. In the moments when you don't feel like singing, that's when you should sing an offering, a sacrificial praise to the Lord. Sing it a little bit louder in those moments. In times where you feel like the devil's been after you, in times are hard, you're discouraged, and your arms just feel heavy, you just feel tired, I would encourage you, don't just lift one hand, lift two. Sometimes I make a statement to the devil, and I make a statement to my own flesh that whatever I'm going through is not going to rob me of my praise. I'm going to sing it a little louder. I'm going to praise him. The last and the final piece is that we praise God with our lives. We praise him with our lives. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. I'm talking about a life of worship. This is the way to truly worship Him. It's with my words. It's with my actions. It's with my attitude. It's with all that is within me. It is my walk. It is my talk. It is my job. It's my church. It's my serve. It's all of these things. I want my life to proclaim the goodness of God. I want to spend my days lifting up His name. I want to shout praises to Him. I want to lift Him up as I lift my hands. I want to clap to the Lord. I want you to know that it's always the right time to praise him. Can you say amen to that? You can praise him on the mountaintop and you can praise him in the valley. You can praise him when the sun is shining. You can praise him when it's raining and storming outside. You can praise him through it all. Somebody say through it all. Listen, you can praise Him through it all because He's still on the throne. You can lift your hands through it all because He's in complete control. You can clap your hands and celebrate through it all because He's bigger than it all. You can be facing who knows what, but you can still sing, praise, dance, jump, kneel, clap because our God is the God of all. He's bigger than, stronger than anything and everything you and I will ever face. He will bring us through it all. Come on, let's put our hands together right now. And this is a way that we praise Him right now.